This is the Foot in the Box podcast for the week of Tuesday, October 4th. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the A Foot in the Box podcast. My name is Peter Elliott. And I'm Peter's twin brother, Paul Elliott. And this is a special A Foot in the Box podcast. This is our personal staff playoff preview. Staff, wow. That's Paul, generous. Paul and myself. Uh, for those that um, are just listening for the first time or second time, I'm a Cubs fan. And uh, I'm a White Sox fan. Yeah, so I thought before we began, Paul, just... In a couple sentences, what, what's your take on the start of the Ricky Renteria era on the South Side? Well, has that officially been announced? Uh, I think pretty much. Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's uh, how it pans out, um, I'm kind of just indifferent to it. There like were there were rumors that Kenny Williams was also out. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the biggest news that he's staying. Um, well, he's not leaving though. He could get fired, apparently. Yeah, uh, I just think they need an overhaul at the top. So, I uh, I really think they need to make some substantial moves this this off season. Um, I don't know how you can keep convincing yourself that just a couple more additions will make you a World Series contender. Um, so, yeah, indifferent. All right. Well, thanks to Nelly for our intro song. Nelly update this week. Um, <laughs> According to SaveNelly.com, uh, which is a website I've looked at the past couple weeks, his songs were only streamed 121 times this past week, which doesn't seem to be true, but perhaps it is. Um, so his IRS debt is $2.4 million, and he needs 287,170,484 more streams hmm. to uh, to get the money back. So that's your Nelly update. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the intro song, Nelly. All right, so this is our playoff preview, like I mentioned. Just give you an, uh, an outline of where we're going. We're going to talk about the playoffs through um, a few different lenses. The first one is three storylines that Paul and I are intrigued by in the playoffs. And then we're going to talk about three people with the most pressure on them to, to perform well. And lastly, we're going to give our predictions uh, for who we think is going to win each each round of the playoffs. And then... Uh, we're going to close it out with a fantasy game that Paul and I have created for the playoffs and that you can be a part of. So stick around for that. And then we'll finish it out with uh, some updates on some season-long games that Paul and I did on this podcast. But first, let's talk about the playoffs. Um, Paul, well, I will say before we dig in, sure. if you are listening to this podcast and you have not listened to episode 71, I would highly recommend that you uh, go do that first because uh, we actually interview experts, people who know what they're talking about um, for each team that's in the playoffs. And uh, Peter mostly did a ton of work um, <laughs> with that. So uh, plug for his hard work. And uh, I think uh, it's well worth your time. So you can go listen to that. And then if you still have time, you can listen to episode 72. Yeah, and feel free to hop around. Um, we interviewed a writer um, that covers each team. And so if you don't care about one team, feel free to skip it. 
or if you only care about one team, feel free to find it. We'll list out the times on our website. So check that out. Um, it was a lot of fun to interview a lot of cool people. Now moving on to the playoffs, Paul, uh, first let's talk about three storylines or three narratives that you're intrigued by um, in the playoffs. So maybe we can go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I think the the most obvious one is the Cubs. Um, I feel like they've been the storyline all year, and because they've dominated so much, maybe that's um, that hasn't gotten as much attention here down the stretch. But I think as soon as they start winning or don't win in the playoffs, they'll become the the biggest story. So you think specifically it's breaking the the drought? Is that kind of what? Yeah, I do. See, I I think that's some of it, but I think some of that has worn away. Um, I think because the Cubs were my top storyline as well. You've got the breaking the curse stuff, but then you also have the best team in baseball, kind of like the the one Mariners where it's, man, they've dominated the whole regular season. They're so much better than everyone else. Uh, can they back it up in the playoffs? Yeah. And then you also have the Theo component. You know, he did it in Boston. If he does it in Chicago, he's a baseball legend. Um, and so I think those are kind of the three main, uh, main storylines with the Cubs that I am intrigued by. Yeah, I mean, I just think if they win – the celebration will be a story because of the drought. Like, yeah. But I don't think like early on in the playoffs, I don't think it'll be like, you know, or breaking the drought. I think it'll be, man, they dominated all season. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think as the world series comes closer, that'll mm-hmm. definitely pick up. My second storyline that I'm intrigued by is David Ortiz uh, with the Red Sox. Just curious to, to see if he has one last October run left in him. Uh, had just an incredible last season. Um, one of the best you know, 40-year-old-plus seasons in baseball history. Probably the best. And uh, has has become known for being clutch in the in the playoffs and has great um, great numbers in the playoffs. So just, you know, I'm interested to see if he can just do that one more time. Yeah, I agree. He was actually my number four, um, if we had if we had time <laughs> for. So, uh, my second one is just young superstars, young players. I mean, there's just so many to name, uh, and these are all guys under the age of 25 that teams are counting on. You got Mookie Betts for the Red Sox, Chris Bryant for the Cubs, Corey Seager, Dodgers, Manny Machado, Orioles, Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. You could go on and on, but um, even without the best of the bunch, Mike Trout not being in the playoffs. There's still just so much young talent to watch. Um, and uh, so I, I think it'll be a blast to watch these guys um, play, in a lot of cases, their first October baseball. Yeah, you know, you've got Ortiz, this aging superstar who has made a reputation for being awesome in the, the playoffs. It's it's fun to, like, see young David Ortiz. It's like, which one of these young players is going to yeah. step out? And, like, will Chris Bryant become a guy that we – we just associate with playoff baseball. Right. My third and, and final storyline is just what wins. Um, so the past couple of years, the in the Royals and Mets have found success that have really fueled um, discussion on how baseball and what, what I guess, succeeds in the postseason. So the Royals um, made the World Series two years ago, won it last year. And what their calling card was putting the ball in play, having speed on the base pass, being athletic, playing, playing good defense, Great bullpen. The Mets last year made the the World Series with just phenomenal, uh, extremely high velocity pitching mm-hmm. from their starters. Um, and so I'm just curious to see what wins this year and if there's kind of a storyline to go with that. 
heading into future seasons. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, my third one is uh, parody in the American League. I know a lot of people would say that the Red Sox are the favorite. I think Fangraphs has them as kind of far and away the team with the, the highest percentage odds of making the World Series. But I just think the Red Sox are still flawed in so many ways. Um, other than Price, um, I know Porcello had a really good year, but other than Price, I'm not confident in their um, starters. And even Price has had struggles in the past in the playoffs. And then their bullpen is a real weakness. Um, so even even though a lot of people would say the Red Sox are the favorite, I don't I don't necessarily buy that. And uh, I think it'll just be interesting to see how many series go, you know, five games and then seven games, Mm -hmm. because I think there is a ton of parity in the American League. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Okay, so those are the storylines we're intrigued by. Next up, let's talk about the people with the most pressure on them. Um, So, Paul, you want to start us? Yeah, you'll enjoy my first one. Um, Let me explain it a bit. I think Aroldis Chapman has a tremendous amount of pressure on him, and I say that because. You know, I think a lot of Cubs players have pressure on them. But Chapman, especially because fans have no sense of, like, goodwill tied to him. You know, he wasn't there last year, or he wasn't there at the beginning of this year. Um, and so... They have some built up. He's been... He's been good, but, like, Cubs. I think most fans have this acknowledgement that we got Chapman yeah. for the playoffs. That's a good point. And so if he doesn't um, do well, I'm not saying he won't, but if he doesn't do well... And I think fans could turn on him quickly. And, you know, just seeing how he's handled media attention in the past, I think he could maybe say a, a word or two that he wants to take back. So, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mine is Cubs related as well. Joe Madden. I think uh, love him or hate him. I think most people love him, but some people uh, are just rubbed the wrong way by his, his antics. Uh, I think he's just got pressure to perform. He's never won a World Series. Um, most people consider him the best manager in baseball, um, or at least one of the best managers, and he has done that without winning a World Series. And so this is the year where he's got to come through. Um, and uh, you know, every decision he makes will be scrutinized. And even last year, some some fans did kind of turn on him in the playoffs. If you make one bad move, it's um, it's a whole different ball game. So. Um, in terms of fans, what they think of their manager. So Joe Madden, uh, a lot of pressure on him. <clears throat> and it's interesting, like, uh, I would say Theo actually has very little pressure on him. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Um, I mean, he'll be nervous because he wants to win, obviously, but I feel like everyone is sort of acknowledging, like, he's put the right team in place, the right manager in place, and now it's up to them to go prove it. But um, my second guy with a lot of pressure is Clayton Kershaw. Um if you go back and look at his postseason numbers, they're not good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in the regular season, he, in over 1,700 innings, he has the 2.37 ERA, which is outstanding. In 64 innings pitched in the playoffs, uh, he has a 4.59 ERA and a 2-6 and six record. And uh, I know that because the, the playoffs are a small sample size, and, you know, you can say all of that. that Kershaw is still a great pitcher. He just hasn't had enough mm-hmm. time to prove that in the playoffs. But... Um, he needs to perform. The Dodgers won't make the World Series without him being dominant. Yeah, I think uh, you know, similar to to other teams' aces, he has a lot of pressure on him, but even more so because of his uh, past lack mm-hmm. of success. He did pitch well last year in the playoffs. He did, yeah. He pitched really well. Uh, mine's very similar. David Price in the American League. So his postseason numbers: uh, sixty-three innings pitched. So 
it's not like he's only been there a couple of years. It's 2008, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2014, 2015. 63 innings pitched, a 5.12 ERA, a ton of ton of hits, 62 hits and 63 innings pitched. Um, so hasn't been good. Two and seven record um, was not good last year. So the Red Sox are paying him 30 million dollars a year to perform well in the in the playoffs, and uh, he needs to do that this year. My uh, my third um, guy with the most pressure is also an ace, Corey Kluber, um, the Indians' best pitcher. You know, going into the season, we thought the Indians had one of the best staffs in baseball. And, uh, you know, six months later, they're, uh, they've been really decimated by injuries. Carlos Carrasco is out. Danny Salazar is out. Those would typically be there, two and three. And so you have a, a Trevor Bauer, who's good but not great, uh, pitching the first game. And then Kluber, who's coming off a quad injury, uh, coming in pitching game two and likely coming back and pitching uh, game four, game f- or game five as well. So, um, I will say Kluber, um, just because of the the fact that they're going with a three man rotation, and that they literally have no chance of advancing unless he's really really good. Yeah, I thought about putting him there. I just don't think if the Indians don't win a, a series, no one really thinks too much about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, my final person was a little outside the box. I went with Joe Buck and John Smoltz, who was the main uh, Fox crew. They'll, do the World Series and do one of the, I think it's the ALCS. No more Verducci? Uh, no. Yeah, so it's Buck and Smoltz. And uh, I feel like with Vince Scully retiring, Dick Enberg retiring, these kind of legends of broadcasting, uh, people have just focused more on broadcasting this year than in past years. And uh, Buck and whoever he's working with are always scrutinized, always uh, made fun of quite a bit on like Twitter and during the, the playoffs. And I think this year it'll just be even more so. Um, do, you th- do you think Buck has already worked on his Cubs World Series win call? There was, there was an article at the beginning of the year where he said he'd love to, to call that. Hmm. It'd be like his favorite thing to do in broadcasting. And there was that uh, Joe Buck Ringer article, which kind of like uh, made some people like him more. Hmm. Um, so I'll just be interested to see how that plays out. And I, I'm not a huge fan of Smoltz. I liked Verducci. We'll see if that was a good move by Fox or not. Yeah, you go 162 games listening to like your guys do the calls, and then like there's just part of you that doesn't want the change of listening to somebody else. I feel like mm-hmm. so any national guy I think comes in with a card stacked against him. Definitely. Okay, let's finish this segment out with playoff predictions. Uh, Paul, let's simply just go through each round um, to see uh, see our picks. All right, uh, for my wild cards, I have the Giants over the Mets. I think Bob Garner's going to be outstanding. And then in the American League, I have the uh, Blue Jays advancing. I also have the Giants. Um, I think Bob Garner versus Syndergaard is a, just an amazing wild card matchup. So it's Wednesday night. Watch that uh, if you're free. That should be must must see TV. But I have the Giants winning, and then I have the Orioles uh, beating the Jays, actually. They just won two out of three there last weekend, mm-hmm. or a week and a half ago. It uh, should be a great atmosphere in Toronto. Uh, fans are just nuts for their Blue Jays this year. I'm mostly rooting for the Blue Jays just to see a Rangers-Blue Jays series again. That would be pretty awesome. A rematch of the contentious series last year. Yes. Um, so I've got the the Giants 
um, playing the Cubs and then the Orioles playing the Rangers. Yeah, my second round I have the um, Cubs beating the Giants and then the um, Dodgers advancing as well over the Nationals. And then the American League I have the Red Sox over the Indians and the Rangers over the Blue Jays. We have the same um, championship series. Uh, I have the, the Dodgers and Cubs playing as well and then the um, the Red Sox and Rangers. I have the Cubs and the Red Sox advancing to the World Series. And I have the Dodgers and Red Sox. Wow, not too many Cubs fans making that prediction. Do you feel like uh, that's just like your objective viewpoint, or do you feel like you're kind of rooting for them not to win the World Series? Uh, no, I want them to win the World Series. I just think the, uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers present uh, a lot of matchup difficulties, and I think it's a crapshoot. So, I mean, any one of these teams could could easily beat the Cubs in a short series. So, I think Kershaw. Rich Hill will give the Cubs problems because they're just unconventional and uh, have concerns about uh, Arietta and Hendricks in the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, the Dodgers come in to the playoffs scuffling a bit, but I guess if they're making it to that point, that means they would have... You just mean losing to the Giants? Well, yeah, but they had their, <laughs> their three best pitchers pitching. Well, I would... they, my, they, my... they did not try to win that game on Sunday. Yeah. Maeda looked terrible, and... Uh... Kershaw got outpitched by a rookie, and Rich Hill gave up uh, four runs. You have him making the NLCS. No, no, I know, but like I'm saying, I'm I'm trying to make it in. I don't know, make an argument for you. Make an argument against me. Right, make an argument against. <laughs> yes, not not convincing. Okay, so uh, I've got the Dodgers winning the World Series. Who do you got? Cubs, for sure. There you go. No questions. Official foot in the box predictions. Uh, Paul's prediction, Cubs over Red Sox is what both of us predicted at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm su- surprised you're reneging on that, especially given that both the Cubs and Red Sox are like the best teams in their leagues. Just my gut. All right, so that does it for our preview of the playoffs. Next up, we are going to uh, bring on one of our listeners to uh, pick our fantasy teams for the playoffs. <laughs> All right, well, as promised, this is our 2016 fantasy playoff game. Hopefully, I think of a better name for it by the time this comes out. Uh, but to draft with us on the podcast is our favorite listener, David from Chicago. David, welcome. And thank you for having me on. Before we start, we need to address the elephant in the room. I don't know if he's been talked about, but Birdle, <laughs> who just absolutely crushed everyone in the over-under game. I feel like he needs to be remembered. Maybe we could name the, this playoff game after him. Memorial. I don't know who he is, so maybe he's still alive, but the Brutal Memorial fantasy game or something like that. Yeah, I hope hope he's still living. Uh, that would be pretty epic if he had died during the season. He wins a book, right? Yeah, a, a baseball book of his choosing. And I was, we were going to talk about him at the end, um, but we can get into the over-unders now. So Bertel S. wins... Uh, was winning the entire season, destroying everyone, uh, beat Pakoda, beat Vegas. If he would have put money on these teams, he would be uh, a millionaire. Um, so I think from now on, the over-under game will be you know, be called the over-under Bertolesque challenge. Uh, I think that'd be fair. I think the what I like to do is imagine who this guy or girl. I'm, I've never heard the name Bertolesque before. <laughs> 
It's a great question. Are there any famous Bertils out there? It's B E R T I L. Yes. And then S is the last name initial. I'm looking I'm looking up I'm Googling Bertil S right now. Well, if he comes up then that or she comes up then that'd be great. But I like just imagining the origin story of maybe like this guy kinda like uh the movie Kingpin where, you know, he was a hotshot gambler, lost it all. Or maybe it's more like rounders, but lost it all. And then now he's just kind of this amazing gambling mind who just, you know, goes on random websites and kills everyone in contests. <laughs> That's kind of what I like to imagine. I don't know what you guys think like of it. <clears throat> maybe like a former NBA player who goes to Dave & Buster's to do the hotshot, that type of a... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, like that. So Wikipedia says Bertel is a first name of German origin, most commonly found among Swedish men. And it's got a list of famous Bertels here, but I've never heard of any of them. Maybe it's an alias. <laughs> Maybe someone that is big time just wants to be involved and they don't want to get swamped down by their famous name. Yeah. Perhaps Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know. That's complete. I, I, don't sue me. That's just a guess. So. Barack Bertel. <laughs> I think we got something. <laughs> We're not, uh, yeah, we're not conspiracy guys. Just connecting some dots here. <laughs> it all leads back to the Trump tax returns. I think that's the the core of this this question. What do we know who uh, his accountant is? Perhaps Bertel. I don't know. <laughs> just just saying. Question mark. So I'm not actually saying anything. Make, makes you think. It does. Okay, so let's get into our uh, teams here. Um, for those of you that are very confused by this whole segment, uh, which is probably most of you, uh, so we, we're, we're welcoming David on to pick his fantasy team along with Paul and I's fantasy teams. So we each have individual fantasy teams here. You can find the rules uh, in their entirety on our website, footinthebox.com. Uh, but essentially, it's uh, you know very much like daily fantasy, which we don't endorse on this podcast. Pretty lame if you play that. But for the playoffs, it should be fun. Um, the idea is you pick, uh, an entire team. So eight position players, a DH, and then four starting pitchers and five relievers, um, of players that are in the the playoffs. The catch is you have to have one player from each of the 10 playoff teams. Uh, so the playoffs have just been set the matchups. So we've all picked our teams and we're going to announce them on the podcast, a uh, couple notes, uh, the stat categories, as decided upon by S and myself, uh, on-base percentage, slugging, home runs, RBIs, and steals for offense. And then for pitching, ERA, whip, wins, saves, and strikeouts. So those are your stat categories. And if you pick someone that you know typically plays a position but uh, you know, plays a different one that doesn't matter. So if you pick Zobris to play second and he gets time in the outfield, all of his stats count. But yeah, all that's on the website. So go check that out. And this podcast is coming out Tuesday. So you still got time if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. If it's after the first game on Tuesday, then you're officially eliminated, but maybe next year. Um, so without further ado, let's uh, discuss our teams. This is kind of like Selection Sunday. Uh, I think we should 
give our position players first and just rattle rattle through the list and then uh we'll chime in with some questions uh so david as our guest would you like to to go first yeah i'll get it going uh just running down my position players right now i have buster posey catching edwin Encarnacion at first ben zobers at second Corey seager at short adrian beltray at third my outfield goes Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Mark Trumbo, and then I have David Ortiz DHing. To solve this, Paul, do you also have Ortiz? I do. <laughs> three for three and Ortiz DHs. Uh, any, uh, I guess Zobris is probably your favorite player on that list. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, obviously Daniel Murphy had a better year, but it's all about loyalty. I, and if this is truly like, Though I don't want to bring up daily fantasy again, but I will. The way that you win is you choose guys that no one else chooses. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, you know, Zobers has a good year and you guys are choosing, and Bertle chooses Daniel Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought but, about that when I was fun on my team. Is like I have to pick guys that other people aren't going to pick. Right. Or, I mean, you pick a majority of the standard guys and then maybe just ride two or three. Mm-hmm. lesser known guys that's kind of my March Madness strategy and I lose every year but still <laughs> still trying uh, Paul you want to give your position players sure there's some similarity there uh, Russell Martin at catcher uh, Hanley Ramirez at first Daniel Murphy at second Corey Seager at short Adrian Beltre at third Chris Bryant in left which uh, is does he qualify as a left fielder I didn't get that approved by you. Ooh boy, that yeah, is, that's a good question. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say no. The yeah. player has to play a majority of his time at that position to be eligible. He played more games at third this year. That's a tough call. Yeah, um, I will go Bryce Harper then, uh, Dexter Fowler, and Mookie Betts, and DH Ortiz. Yes. And then to complete it, my position players, Buster Posey, Anthony Rizzo, Daniel Murphy, Francisco Lindor, uh, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, Jose Bautista, Trey Turner, and David Ortiz. Um, So a lot of crossover here. Uh, Besides Ortiz, I mean, Ortiz will be picked the most. Uh, What other position players do you think? Mookie Betts, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Beltre is a good pick. I forgot about him. Yeah, Beltre had a I think, a very very good year. I think six six point three WAR. That's not one of the stat categories, Paul. Well, I know, but underrated. I think Paul and I both had Corey Seager. Yep. You went with Lindor. Is that right? I did. Yes, I have the Indians. Uh, do I have the Indians? No, I don't have the Indians winning. He's my only Indian. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where it. And yeah, that's where it uh, it helps to get you know some guys spread out, so you don't have to go with maybe uh, is Lindor. I haven't followed him at all. What are his numbers like? Uh, I just assumed he was good. I didn't really check, uh, um, look into it too much. But Buster Posey is my only Giant, and um, Jose Bautista is my only Blue Jay as well. I was torn. How many uh, Cubs do you have on this team? Just just wondering. One, two, five, six. I just have two. Uh, 
I was oh, torn. Wow. So you, you've got like two or three teams um, that you just need to get one guy from that you don't think you're going to go very far in the playoffs. Do you stash that person mm-hmm. in a position player spot or a, a like a relief pitcher? I was torn on what to do there. Good question. I'm not really uh... – the scoring is still a little <laughs> questioning, questionable, so I really didn't have time to analyze it. I just kind of went with my heart. I think that's uh, from a Disney movie, Lady in the Tramp, maybe, but it's kind of what I my strategy. Paul, do you have any thoughts on uh, on strategy? You haven't been the best on games on this podcast. Yeah, so um, to be honest with you, full transparency here, I had forgotten one uh, major stipulation of... Uh, the game, which is that you needed one player from each team. That's like the only so stipulation. For about the past five <laughs> minutes, I have been uh, kind of frantically running through my head, making sure um, that I have someone from every team. I think I do, but uh, I might go back and double check this after the podcast. Well, we can just do it now. Um, do you have a Blue Jay? Yeah, Russell Martin. Do you have a Oriole? I will. <laughs> Zach Britton? Do you have a Met? Uh, I will. And do you have a um, Giant? I will. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm good. All right. Let's do pitchers. Uh, David, kick us off. All right. I got Noah Syndergaard, the Mets, John Lester, Clint Kershaw, and Corey Kluber. And then my relievers go: Iris Familia from the Mets, Craig Kimbrell. Our hero, Matt Bush. Yes. Zach Britton and Chapman from the Cubs. Disgraceful. Chapman doesn't, hey, Chapman hey. doesn't belong on this podcast. I think uh, the quote is, you play to win the game. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I didn't I didn't mention didn't. that you can win $50 in this game. So. Uh, yeah, I want to hear more about this, how, uh, <laughs> how this $50 is going to pan out. So if a, it, I, if, a, if a listener wins, like yourself, you win the $50, 25 from Paul, 25 from me. And then if uh, one of us wins, uh, or if I win, because we know Paul has no chance, if I win, then Paul just pays me $25. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good because Kate doesn't listen to the podcast ever. So if she were to hear this, I, I don't think that that would fly. But So I, does she do the books? Who does the books in the family? Uh, Minton.com does the books in the family. What's it tagged under? The $25 dollars you're going to have to pay I out? I haven't taken it out, but um, it'll definitely be miscellaneous. <laughs> uh, my pictures. Can I get the... Before, what had happened to that six-pack of beer? Is <laughs> it's, that, uh... it's still coming. Uh, it's, okay. It was switched right. to $10, and uh, yeah, Paul won that game, unfortunately. Uh, all right. All right, maybe my, we can make that a video. <laughs> my starters. Uh, I'm doing this now because I'll forget. Um, I've got this all in my head. Uh, Lester, Price, Kershaw, Hendricks, Madison Baumgartner. Four, really, four starting pitchers. I go Lester, Price, Kershaw, Madison Baumgartner, and my relief pitchers: Chapman, Kimbrel, Kenley Jansen, Andrew Miller. And familiar. What's the size of the font on your iPad right now? <laughs> it's just like eighty-five <laughs> years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty big. Um, but yeah, I think I've got all ten teams covered now. Bob Gibson, he make your list. He did not make my list. Grandpa, no. Cardinals didn't get in. 
true. All right, my starters, uh, very similar to both of yours, uh, Lester, Kershaw, Hamels, three lefties, and then Noah Syndergaard, and then my relievers, Andrew Miller, Kenley Jansen, Matt Bush, Craig Kimbrell, and Zach Britton. I will uh, mention that I have the right, and you both as well, I have the right to change your team up until Tuesday. Uh, so just because I'm announcing it now doesn't mean it's definitely my team. But it probably will be my team. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's like some injury um, details that may come out between now and games, right? Kluber's got a quad thing. Murphy's butt. Really? Yeah. Danny Salazar might be back. Dusty Baker said he uh, he uh, pinched Bryce Harper's thumb to test it, and then they asked him if he did the same with Murphy's uh, butt. <laughs> and uh, everyone started laughing, according to tweets. Hmm. It's pretty funny. I think they said Kluber's going to start game two. I think I saw that on a tweet, but don't quote me. Yes. Any uh, any overarching thoughts? Paul, did you go with Matt Bush? Uh, originally, yes. He was on my list, but no. I had to boot him for uh, Andrew Miller. Now, if one of us wins the cash, we can't give it to Bush. Yeah, he doesn't he, carry he cash. He cannot carry cash. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> Good to know, in case I run into him. <laughs> and also, I can't give my six-pack to him as well, for obvious reasons. Yes, yes. Right. I think the what I was, I I made my team, and then I broke it down by, you know, how many players on each team I had, and it kind of just laid out kind of what, what, what I think is going to happen. I ended up having the most Red Sox and Cubs, and I think that's going to be the World Series. So, kind of funny how that works out. Well, I was going to ask for your prediction. You got... Uh, Cubs, Red Sox, World Series. Who's going to win? Oh, Cubs. The coronation's begun, Peter. Wow. The streets are being cleaned. <laughs> the parade floats are being made. Now we just have to go out and get the formality over with. Wow. You're, you're pretty high on Cubs cynicism, so this is pretty surprising. I mean, I don't look at any of these other teams and think, yeah, I can, like, see a scenario where they beat the Cubs. I just can't see it. Cubs have been so good all year. It would take, I don't, I don't even know, it would take a huge effort and the Cubs would have to really suck to not win. They're so deep. They, their pitching is all great. The mm -hmm. bullpen's better. I don't know. I just don't see it. I can't see it happening any other way. And again, I'm usually wrong. So, uh, David, thanks for joining us. We'll have to bring you on. As the Cubs continue their run, you can give us the Chicago beat. Will do. All right. Thanks, David. No problem, guys. Take it easy. Well, thanks to David uh, for joining us on the on the podcast. Um, if you have not picked your team and it's you're listening to this on Tuesday, go pick your team right now. You have a chance at fifty dollars. Uh, so go do that. Um, this is uh, not typical bottom of the ninth. Not going to do our normal segments, uh, but. We're going to update a, a few things that we did throughout the year. First up, pick your team. Each week of the regular season, Paul and I picked uh, one team, and then once we pick them, we cannot pick them again until so we picked all 30 teams. Uh, I won. I had a winning percentage of 58%, and Paul had a winning percentage of 53%. Mm. That means that Paul will be wrapping batter up as our intro for the offseason. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll have to practice that. When uh, When's my, like... Date. I think, uh, well, I think it'll be the intro for every episode in the off season. Mm. 
like we're going to record it and play it over and over and over again? I'll give you the option, or you can do a new recording each time. Yikes. As long as it's not like Periscope through like a live <laughs> Facebook Live thing or something, and I have like multiple takes not. at it, then I'll be good. Okay. Um, so that was fun. I enjoyed Pick Your Team. Yeah. I'm surprised you won by that much. Uh, yep. Even like going back two weeks, it was fairly close. Yeah, my, my final record is 107 and 78, and your record is 103 and 90. Our next uh, game to update is the Memorial Day trade deadline game. Uh, Paul, you officially won that, so I owe you $10. Uh, effective immediately? I don't have $10 right now, but I'll Venmo you. Great. And lastly, over under, um, as we mentioned with um, David, Bertle S. is the winner. He was leading pretty much the entire season, so he gets a baseball book of his choosing. And I'm going to email him to try to get him to come on the podcast. So hopefully. We do have contact information. Have an email, yes. Okay. Uh, so he wins. Uh, Pakoda beat Paul and I, and then Paul beat me. Um, what percentage of our uh, people that submitted beat Pakoda? That's a good question. I'll release the final uh, results uh, this week. Um, but that, yeah, that's an interesting question. I'll have to look into it. And then lastly, uh, playoff coverage. Um, we're going to plan on doing a podcast each time a series or a round of the playoffs ends. So after the division series end, we'll record a podcast. After the championship series end, we'll record another one. And then after the World Series. That's the plan right now, but of course always subject to to change in an occasional blog post along the way yeah uh so follow us on twitter and uh go to footinthebox.com we'll we'll definitely cover it there you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes make sure to leave us a review there if you haven't already send us emails at a foot in the box at gmail.com and uh, like i said follow us on twitter at a foot in the box uh if you want to play the fantasy game that david paul and i picked earlier uh, you can go to footinthebox.com to get more information on that. As our outro today, we're going to listen to Brian Cranston, his epic uh, re- reading. Um, I think it was before the 2013 playoffs. Yeah. 2014 playoffs, maybe. Um, but yeah, we always bring it back before the playoffs. Paul, do you have anything to add? I do not. My favorite time of year. Uh, just a reminder, folks, keep a foot in the box. We will talk to you after the division series. I had been doing a lot of um, a lot of TV and movie work, and I felt it was just time for me to get back to the basics by diving right into my great passion, baseball. And I also knew that I wanted to do this one-man show, so then it hit me. Why not dramatize the entire MLB postseason? Oh, oh. Steve, Steve, Steve. It would be my greatest acting challenge. And there were problems. They sunk a lot of money into this. The crowd. They felt it. Yes! You know what I think she was thinking when she walked out with the paramedics? I saw a baseball game. I wanted to add something that no one could see coming. We're just a great group of guys who work together and uh, keep fighting, keep working. Every time we... We step over those white lines, you know, we give 100%. So, oh, I want to put the audience in the heads of these athletes. What are they thinking? Stepping towards second. I'm crouching. I'm crouching. Am I going to go? Am I going to go? Nope.
and they can boo. Derek Jeter said every time the Yankees go on the road, they get booed by everyone. And all he heard was cheers. And so when they boo me on that stage, all I'm hearing, I wanted the theater itself to become the total ballpark experience, right? So we were also able to get some professional concessionaires to bring in their expertise. Every single second counts. Who's hungry? Popcorn, soda, red hot. Popcorn, sodas, red hot. Game Two dogs, decisions. you got it. You need some change? Uh, yeah, tip is not allowed here. Huh? Game Come on. changing decisions. Anybody else? Who's hungry? Who's hungry? Who wants soda? Well, he works in the lobby now at intermission. That's it. It's better for everyone. Another personal moment for me is when I get to embody the great baseball play-by-play man. Ernie Johnson here. Welcome back to TBS, the home of the 2014 AL postseason. You can hear their words. They're like artists. A long drive to deep right field. Gone. We'll be right back after this. I was like any other kid, dreaming of being a big leaguer. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Hitting that game-winning home run in the bottom of the ninth in October. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Catching that fly ball over the fence and robbing one, pulling it back. It's root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. And with this show, in a very personal way, I get to make my dream come true. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out! At the old ball game. What can I say? This is the postseason.